I said, where are your sunglasses? I wish you had. I really, just really wish you had. Yeah. I literally have another pair of sunglasses if you want to wear them. I'd love them. Do you want to wear them? You had eyeglasses. He's I only have one pair. Sun. I have uh, these are These are way too steezy for you. I can tell you that right now. Did you start? Uh, I started about five minutes ago. So oh, excellent. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Welcome back to Berlin Game and Park, the top unranked watch podcast available with no ad reads, no merch, and today, no sound muffler. We are outside. Rob, set the stage for us. My name is Zach Pena. Rob Kaplan, thanks for joining me. Set the stage. It has been many a year since we've been at Wind Up, Zach. It's been exactly 12 months, Rob. Since we have been oh, at this Wind is correct. Up. Yeah, that's true. I didn't see you last we week. We being topper. But where is Wind like, Up? It wind up is at the Tessa Gallery, I believe. Is that the what Terra, the kids are calling it? The, the, the Terra, Terra Gallery. Gallery. We're the Terra in, Gallery. Terra We're in Tessa. Soma, the Soma District in San yes. Francisco. It's a very sunny day in very, April. Very near an overpass. We're quite near an overpass. So, listener, if you catch the sounds of um, burritos being eaten or motorcycle engines being revved, that is because we are outside near a highway and also near a taco truck, conveniently. So not too bad. We are joined by a very special guest today to talk about a very cool watch that everybody has been talking about all year. And it's quite neat to see this brand get this kind of recognition because I feel like this brand has been very quietly excellent for many years. And this is the first year that I feel like this brand has been in the conversation with IWCs and with Rolexes and with Tudor and with kind of the show leading brands that we talk about every year, but now this brand is in that conversation. And we have someone with that brand who's joining us here. Can you introduce him for us? We have a long-running joke that I always say his title wrong, and then he corrects me. So since I haven't looked it up in like two years, I got a 30% chance at best of getting it right. But this is the president of the Americas of Oris USA and Canada and Mexico, VJ Geronimo. Thank you. Rank, rank that title. Did he get it? Out of 10. Give him a score. It's the CEO of the Americas, to be technically correct. Oh, so like but, six out of 10. That's yeah, not so it great. Was, uh, it was good. You know what? C's get degrees. C's get degrees. So yeah. 60%. Get percent. Degrees. <laughs> we'll count it. If we're counting on a degree about titles, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. this is very true. Yeah. VJ, it's an absolute delight to have but you. But to the watch community, just simply VJ. <laughs> That's of true. Oris. It is very true. It is very true. The very first time VJ's name kind of came into my... I was in Grand Cayman with Ariel Adams, and we were taking pictures of uh, Aquas watches. And the team on the ground at the time said, oh, you'd love VJ. He's hilarious. That was the initial. And I've, as I've come to know, you are indeed quite hilarious. Also a music fan, a great tastemaker, and an amazing uh, manager of this, of this team and this brand, custodian of this brand. Thank so you. It's been amazing to watch your, your arc. And, uh, and a huge baseball fan. Quite a baseball fan. Are you, VJ, are you responsible for the New York Knicks? Uh, I almost said Knicks. This is how much I know sports. Are you responsible for the New York Yankees? Yes. Uh, the Yankees okay. partnerships, yes. And you're working with several players as well. Yeah. Um, we work with Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees. Um, we work with some of the other managers, the manager of the Padres, the manager of the White Sox. So we work with the White Sox, the Padres, the Yankees, and the Braves in Atlanta. And we do some stuff with MLB over, overall as well. Now, my understanding is the business casual Oris uh, Topper Bear was saying something about Yankees Oris Bear. Yes, there is a Yankees Oris Bear. There is. He actually sits at Yankee Stadium. He's there. No yeah. way. Where in Yankee so, Stadium? So um, he moves. He's uh, spent some time in Aaron Boone's office. He spent some time in just the general, the people that, the sponsorship people in their office and such. So he's around, but he stays at the stadium. So That's Has he insane. been mysteriously stolen like some of his brothers? He has not. He has not. 
but they they keep a close eye on him at Yankee Stadium. So that is one of my favorite stories to date. Oris related yes. or otherwise is the, the, the theft of the Oris bear. And also it was quite funny. Last year at Wind Up, I think this was your fault, Rob. So I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna put you on blast here for a second. But I feel like the Oris bear was left behind and there had to be a rescue mission. Oh, the Oris bear was most certainly left behind. But we are <laughs> our hands are clean because we weren't even listener VJ is looking at Rob right now. We as weren't he's even hearing at, this story for the first time. We weren't even at Wind Up. We were the the hazmat yes. crew. We were asked to be on the scene, but before we could even rev our jets, another team saved the bear. Came and scooped him up. Yes. That is true. But we were there. We were were ready. You guys were very much much on on that for us. The van was gassed up. Yep. You know, I do remember that. We had people asking whether or not it was a story that we wanted on social media. And I was like, I'm not sure you want to advertise that somebody forgot the Oris bear. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, what are we doing? Uh, uh-oh. Yep, exactly. Um, so, But do you know what else VJ is responsible for? At least I believe he is. One of my favorite collaborations uh, because of the extent that the whole thing integrated the theme, the Roberto Clemente Oris. So yes. That, that, this was your passion project, right? Yes, that was a personal project of mine so yeah it was it was great it was really great kind of being a fan of baseball being a fan of like the Roberto Clemente we're getting to work with the Clemente family and just the whole thing around it it was really uh that was really great and that so. and that felt like an extension of the Carl Brashear story which was also a, a bronze watch and excuse me no the Clemente, the Clemente was not is not a bronze, bronze watch well an extension in the sense that like suddenly everybody was talking about and it, it came from a story that maybe not everybody had heard but was like an extremely important story correct and i think i think that's always been kind of a hallmark of the oris brand has been finding finding these stories that are just off the beaten path and bringing light to them they're important and also mixing in like really clever and interesting products to kind of tie everything together, which is super, super cool. So can you talk a little bit about the strap of the Clemente? So is it actually, it's made of baseball glove leather, right? It is. It's made of baseball glove leather. And I've had that watch since it came out. It came out on September 15th of 2020. I wore that watch for legit like two years straight, pretty much. And then I was doing something and I snapped the strap, but I had it like the, the pin snapped and I had to replace the strap because it ripped the it ripped where the uh, quick release is on, on the strap. But it basically patinaed so nicely into like just as a baseball glove would. And then I put a new strap on it. So then it, it had a like it still has to go a That's little so bit. Awesome. So but how did like, how did you get all the baseball glove leather? I'm not exactly sure where exactly it was sourced from. But it was, uh, I don't think it was from old baseball gloves, if that's, <laughs> right. if that's what you're trying to but do. No, it's, it's very new good, and fresh. It's a good, so I, I feel like it's a good kind of segue into the watch that we want to talk about today. Because, you know, the, the Clemente story and the Carl Brashear stories, again, these are important narratives that maybe everyday collectors or even baseball fans or, you know, military history enthusiasts may or may not have known. But the, the, the watch and the collaboration that we want to talk about today is about as far opposite of those two things as possible. We're talking about like, you know, a beloved character that virtually everybody on the planet knows. They know the voice, they know the face. It's a larger than life kind of persona that you've managed to encapsulate into a singular watch. Obviously, we're talking about the ProPilot X uh, Kermit edition, bright green watch, which has been on the lips of pretty much everybody since uh, Watches and Wonders. Uh, It's on the wrist of both of these fine gentlemen, Rob's wearing one, VJ is wearing one. Uh, VJ's matches a little better. Listener, he's wearing kind of a light green blazer and an Oris Kermit t-shirt. 
It's a very fetching look. And since we're doing wrist checks, what are you wearing today, Zach? You know, I'm not wearing an Oris. I probably should have stolen something off the table, so I'm not going to say what I'm wearing. That's okay. Uh, that's okay. I'm wearing okay. a LeVenture Marine 2, but uh, nice. should have worn an Oris. My apologies. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry. Do you have an Oris? Watch I have an Aquas Regulator. Remember, no ad reads, Zach. No It's all good. <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> there will not be any ad reads in this podcast. <laughs> but what I, you know, VJ, the, the reason we're here and the reason I really wanted to talk to you about this is this is a story that I, I selfishly want to know. But also, you know, I think I think our listeners would love to know, where did this watch come from? I feel like it took everybody kind of by surprise. Initially, my hot take on it was that it felt a little off-brand. And as soon as I put it on my wrist in Geneva at the show, I was like, this is so Oris. This is so good. It makes perfect sense. I get it. But take us through that. Take me back to the first time that you heard that this was coming down the pipeline, whether this was your idea, your team's idea, or if it came from Switzerland. It was, yeah, it was not our team's idea to be perfectly frank with that. It did come from Switzerland. And I think the thought process around it is, you know, when we think about Oris in general and we think about what we do, uh, we're making mechanical watches. Um, Mechanical watches are not really anything anybody needs, to be perfectly honest, right? So it's all about emotion. It's all about what it is. And we see our place, we always say internally that our role is to make people smile. Like that's, that's our goal. And that's what we try to do with our product and what we put out there and and that sort of thing. So the whole intention of Kermit was in thinking about the Muppets, what do the Muppets do? The Muppets do exactly the same thing. The Muppets are here to entertain. They're, they're out to make people laugh, to make people happy, sing, dance, whatever, whatever that is. And I, so we saw from a, from a philosophical perspective, the synergy between those two things. And then of course, you know, kind of the most famous of the Muppets is Kermit. And it was really like, how do we incorporate that into something that will be very much Oris? And, and that is, and that, and that's how it came about. So truthfully, you, you say your first time you heard about it, I had the same reaction. I was a little bit skeptical as to, you know, what is this going to do? Like you want to, you know, we've worked really hard with our brand and try to stay true to who we are and exactly all the things that we were kind of putting forth. And it was, um, so we wanted to make sure we aligned and kept everything in that sense. And, and after kind of going through it and talking about it and how it was going to go and what we were going to do, it made a lot of sense. And it certainly, uh, and the reaction to it has been off the charts. That's amazing. Rob, what was what was your kind of first, uh, first take on it? First time you heard about it versus the first time you saw it? Well, I feel like I talked about this a little when we did our, our Wind Up podcast. So our first look podcast. Our first look podcast, yes. When we did our first look podcast. It was surprising to me that there was an Oris that didn't really have a kind of a like a social conservation message. And that was my initial reaction. But I think we talked about the idea of you don't always have to be the same person with the same emotion at the exact same moment. And in a way, I think being able to do a watch that is just plain fun gives, if anything, a little bit like more space and standing to the watches that do reach out and causes, you know, we were, we were talking about a a watch you have up and coming and it's clear to me that social causes, celebrating important figures in history, environmental concerns, those remain the core of of Oris's fabric. Wouldn't you say? Very much. Very much. And so having just a change of pace is, I think, really nice. Well, it's an amazing change of pace because we are used to seeing so many products that are built for a specific audience or built for a specific utility, divers, pilots, 
timekeeping of this, you know, obscure thing. But it's really rare to see a watch that's just fun for the just for the heck of it. Yeah. And uh, no, and I think and I think that's the beauty of being an independent brand. I mean, I really think that's the core of what this is. We can we could pretty much do what we want. There's no, you know, we have to follow this guideline because another brand in our portfolio is doing this and doing that. Like we have the ability to to really have an independent thought and have independent thoughts, whether that's just in product design, whether that's in how we do things, how we go about things, what we do. And that's that's really the core of who we are. And I think that is what resonates and that's what kind of really makes it makes it possible. I think that's a uh, listener VJ made an extremely good point just now that I want to I want to call a little attention to is that Oris is an independent brand and I feel like Oris is not routinely counted amongst the indies so to speak because usually the indies come with a certain gravitas in terms of price point or finishing or whatever but Oris is you know famously bought back its independence a good number of years ago and ever since then like has remained kind of nimble and there's been a certain amount of levity and utility and purpose with the brand that you just don't see in the space. And I, don't, and I, wanna, I wanna say this to you and to your team is that I, I genuinely don't think that you guys get enough credit for being an indie in the purest sense, and that's very cool to see. Thank you. It a is. very successful indie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it begs to be, it does, it, it's worth saying for sure. Thank you. No, and I think, you know, to your point about there was a period of time when we, you know, we were independent for a very long time, and then the company, got bought by Asawag, which was basically the predecessor company of the Swatch Group. And for about a 10, 12 year period, we were owned by that company and then bought, basically took back the company independence in 1982. And from that day on, only made mechanical watches and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's been there a long time. So if, if you look at WindUp, most of the companies that are here are companies that are much younger in their journey than Oris. Do you feel like one of the reasons you've been drawn to sponsoring WindUp is because you sort of want to help along and share spotlight with some of these companies that are a little bit younger in their journey? Yeah, I mean, I think I've always viewed WindUp as sort of a showcase of independent brands and whether that's, and it, it is, it always was, or it's, you know, in its infancy and, and for a long time, it was a lot of just micro brands. Like it was up and, you know, just newly formed up and coming micro brands. And I always saw our role as, sort of someone who could be that, like some someone that was an independent brand, but a larger one, and but still fit into the fold because we were independent and still had the same mindset and the same concepts and things like that. So I always I always viewed WindUp as sort of the place to basically show that, that we were that and, and be that. I love that. I, I've Initially, I always thought it was strange that Oris exhibited so heavily at this show, but to your point, it it makes perfect sense because the, the ethos is the same. This is a very like passion-based. And in a sense, Oris is where a lot of these brands aspire to be someday, kind of the big the big brother who who made it, you know, in, in, in a sense. Um, bought back the independence, remains, you know, nimble and creative. And uh, I mean, you guys are really kind of holding the torch, I think. And it's it's, it's amazing to have brands that, that can kind of hold it down here like that. So, so here's a question I'll ask both of you. What would you say is the definition difference between a micro brand and an independent? Oh boy. What do you think, VJ? I mean, I think a micro brand, I would say, is run by maybe one or two people, small, and basically people that do all the things themselves per se from design to, and, and I mean, people being those one or two people that run the company that do all that stuff. That's what I would call 
a micro brand per se in that in that sense, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I think my definition is maybe more supplier based, where a micro brand is probably run by one or two people, but is more reliant on outsourcing nearly every aspect of the project because they're only one or two people. Whereas, you know, Oris has built up its own infrastructure and does a lot of its own things. So I think that's kind of the separation. But but again, I think the uniting factor between both is like passion. Like these people want to make a great product and they want to connect it with like an interesting audience. And this is kind of a cool place for that. And to your point, Windup has always been about passion, right? It's always been about that. And that's that's really the beautiful part of, of this. And I think now more brands, more other brands are seeing that or seeing that and now want to be part of it. And, you know, I think that's something we've always recognized from the beginning. So, yeah, you guys were in on the ground floor for sure. I think we can all agree on that. So back to the Kermit, I'm really interested in, you can't keep a good frog down, right? Like, I mean, I I feel like the the ink hasn't even dried on the date disc yet. And we're, you know, people are already talking about other colored dials. Rob, you are a Muppets enthusiast, I understand. Uh, well, you have a pitch for VJ. You want to do it in the elevator? you got 30 seconds. Okay, so <laughs> I do have a couple other Muppet ideas. Um, one, one of them is actually really more Muppet-like. So I, I have a question for you. You're familiar with the show Fraggle Rock? Yes. Okay, that's good news. Good news. So as you might know, Fraggles eat quartz. Like, it's all about eating crystals and finding crystals. So here's my question. Have you done a quartz watch in your history? We have. There was a period of time when we made some quartz watches. This dark period of time in our in our history. <laughs> okay, so what, roughly when was that? We don't talk about that. We don't talk about um, this period. It was roughly from about 1970 to 1982. Okay. So for Oris, this was the quartz identity crisis okay. era. So what if? So, but you you're not going back, right? We are not going. So back. what if you had a dial with Fraggles eating? The, the like the quartz crystals that you no longer will make like historical mm-hmm. oris crystals what do you think that, i mean that could be something okay it could, could what would you call it though oh that's i'm definitely the fraggle the pro pilot fraggle the pro pilot fraggle okay write this down so, yeah, yeah write this down lightning round vj how many muppets can you name let's see i can name <laughs> miss piggy gonzo rolf rolf who's rolf He's the piano playing dog. Oh, he's the dog. Yeah. Okay, that's a good yes. one. That's a deep cut. Sinclair, is that right? That's a good one. Is that a good, that's one? A good one? The Sinclair. Swedish chef. Oh, oh we love the chef. Right? Um, <laughs> he's strong. <laughs> what about Beaker? Beaker's Beaker, yeah. Beaker's Ga- good. Gonzo. Right? Gotta have Gonzo. Gonzo. How about the guys in the balcony? I don't know. I don't know if they have names. Those are my no, favorites. Fozzie, right? Oh, a Fozzie. Fozzie, yeah. for sure. Animal's my favorite. You gotta have animal. a drummer just yeah, animal. smashing that's the way. That's right. So... You, Any you, of these could so be... So speaking of animal, you used to have a, an alarm watch, a Reveille, an Artelier Reveille. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So what about some kind of an alarm watch where animal is like playing the drums and... That's a really good idea. And, and then all of a sudden he starts... And all like, of a sudden he, he goes crazy. Yeah, that's that's good. Maybe get a little Jacques Drow animatronic. You think we could get Jacques Drow or yes. Breguet in on this? You, maybe you could collab. You could right back with Swatch. You could collab <laughs> with the Jacques Drow department. For your I think we're good. Thanks. I think okay. we're good. He says we have it on record. I think we're good. End quote. <laughs> I think that might be the name of the podcast. Yeah. I think we're good. So was Rolf the one who told you about this? Was Rolf the one who told me about Kermit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how far into it was he? I would say it was in its in its infancy. Yes, I would I would say in its infancy. Why? So, listener Rolf Studer is the CEO of. He's the co CEO of Oris Global, basically okay. 
uh, or is that say let me a, a let me do my best to describe Ralph. So he is he's an incredible skier. He is. He's got a great sense of humor. He he's does. very he's a very kind of casual man, but he's very serious about not taking things too seriously. I would yes. say he's a an incredible Dwight Yoakam fan. So kind of country Americana. Music. Very true. Uh, but you were also quite a music fan as well. Yes, You're always you, he, he, okay. He's the biggest Dwight Yoakam fan in Switzerland. I I will definitely, <laughs> I will definitely. I think I could go on the record. And I think say that's that. actually his LinkedIn bio. His <laughs> biggest Dwight Yoakam fan in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, so, I would cop to that. No, but he he's. He, I mean, Rolf has always been great. I mean, obviously, Rolf is one uh, someone I've known obviously since before he was CEO of the company. It's someone. He's the one that really allows, kind of everyone in our organization to be themselves and I think to drive the culture that you know and Ulrich and also as well and and Claudine but Rolf kind of really allows everyone to kind of be themselves and do that and I think that's really what feeds our culture and what really drives us to do that and it's it's a great relationship I think I don't think everybody in my position can say they have great relationships with their Swiss counterparts or whatever I I, I will any day of the week say that's not true and whatsoever like we have you know that's really what allows us to be what we are so. i can vouch for that a hundred percent so he shot a video with kermit he did can you talk a little bit about the production of that and what, what yeah. that was like so it was um you know we were there the day filming with kermit and it was you know it's quite funny when you first see kermit you don't think of kermit as a you think of kermit as kermit as as this puppet and and then you don't see him and all of a sudden he comes up from under the table and you're like, Oh my God, that's Kermit. Like, it's like, and then, it, but it was really, it was really funny. I mean, I think it's the kind of thing that if you look around at everything that was going on and you see the faces of everybody watching this, like everybody has a smile on their face. Like it's not something that is just, you know, it's just something that doesn't happen every day. And it was just really, it's a surreal thing to do it. You Did can't not, yeah. you cannot. I mean, that's the that's the reactions that I'm seeing here at the show. It's the same reactions that we saw in Switzerland. You can't not have a smile on your face when when you pick this thing up off the table and you're like, "Oh, I see it. There it is." You're like, okay, that's pretty great. Yeah. Did he get it in one take, or did he have did he have laugh and have to do it over? No, I mean, it was pretty much one take. Maybe a couple things had to be redone, but you know, is Kerman as nice in real life? Like he, he didn't throw a diet coke. He's at a like nice stagehand. He's or, a very nice okay. guy. Does he's he have a trailer? A, he doesn't have a trailer. Oh, wow. He doesn't that's have amazing. a trailer. He not does have either. a little bit of an entourage. Kermit himself. <laughs> that was my next question. Kermit himself. Not not the pro- person that plays Kermit. What does Kermit travel in? A suitcase, actually. I would. Okay. All right. Sounds smaller than Oris Bear's. Yeah, I mean, sure. maybe. Yeah. How does the Oris Bear travel, too, actually? I genuinely want to know this. Um, <laughs> like, the Oris Bear aside. has been known to travel in various different ways. If he's going on long trips, he usually travels in a crate. So Okay. Crate with, with holes in it <laughs> so he can breathe. He's, crazy. he's been on a train. He's been he's been know, in the back of a taxi. Cab, he's been in I the back of a taxi. He's been in the back of a car. He's um, yeah. I mean, I had to take him to the city one day. I have a pretty good photo. I didn't post it on social media because I didn't know how becoming it was. But of you and Josh Shanks carrying Oris Bear on the Las Vegas Strip, kind yes. of arm. There's a, there's a way to carry an Oris Bear because it's it's kind of heavy, but it's mostly just an awkward thing to carry around. Yeah. So you kind of have to hook your arm under the his shoulders, arm under the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And then you know GI Joe style, but it was it was quite funny because I think it was a it was a night of good fun and uh, yeah three wounded soldiers escorting no bear Horace left bear behind. Off, <laughs> off the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, 
Actually, that was a funny evening with the Oris Bear because if you've ever been on Fremont Street, for those listening, I mean, Fremont Street is quite an interesting place to begin with. And we did just a little bit of a social experiment where we put Oris Bear off about 100 feet away from us and we just left him and we watched like what people would do, you know, and people are like knocking on him. People are like, it was very funny. It was a very funny time. That's so, that's the yeah. spot. And he did uh, not whisper. Where does that, whose Oris Bear was that? Where does that bear live? Because I know these, there's a few, there's one bear. Yeah. He gets around. He's like Santa so Claus. So we had the original Oris Bear with us for a long time. When Oris Bear kind of first made an appearance at Basel and then we had him in the U.S. for, we had him in a bit of time. And then I think as we started with, there was only one Oris Bear, but he wears different outfits. But as uh, the different outfits came out, Oris Bear's regular uniform returned to Switzerland. So he's he's resting nice in Switzerland. He's actually in the Holstein boutique in the store. So oh, that's super cool. I did check on him when I was there. That's uh, super cool. A few, a few last couple months ago. You know, I, I feel like the Kermit conversation is actually very similar to the Oris Bear one because the first time that I saw the bear, I was like, what does the bear have to do with Oris? And, and Rolf's answer was kind of the same. It was like, everybody loves bears and they make him smile yeah. and look at this bear and how can yeah. you not? And now it's just sort of baked into the culture and there's an Oris Bear at Topper Jewelers who's dressed like either Rob Kaplan or the Fonz depending on who uh, your frame of reference. After the color <laughs> modifications, it's more like me. But, but you might not know this, but the first picture we saw of the bear was, hey, welcome to it Topper. Was, yeah, we should have put know, him on water Do you know skis. the Fonz wears an Oris? I believe that. Is that... That's not real. That that's is, real. That is true. Yeah. Well, we're talking Henry Winkler. Henry that's Winkler. Incredible. Not the Fonz, but oh, Henry Winkler. Oh, recently a bronze yeah. one I saw yeah. in somebody's yeah. feed on Instagram. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow, full circle. So, I think actually, of him Oris now as has a Barry's very... acting coach. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you watch Barry. I do it's watch fabulous. Barry. Oris actually has a, a very like a growing cadre of Hollywood stars who wear the watches yeah, in, I think in it's... some capacity. I always thought it was cool that Chris Pratt wears a pro diver. And I think we approach it from a place of... We try to approach from a place of passion, not from a place of someone getting paid yep. because, you know, obviously it's a world of celebrity and, you know, it's just not who we are per se. But, you know, if people like the product and want to wear the product, then, of course, we, we certainly would like them to do that. Yeah. On the note of the pro diver, as we kind of look ahead to Kermit, so, you know, we go back to the, the Muppets and we have pink and blue and we have all, all colors you know, available in the spectrum in the Muppets. So you have your marching orders from Rob as you move forward with your chime complication or your courts. We saw some stuff at Watches and Wonders that was actually quite exciting. Um, I have photos of cool stuff that we can't share just yet. But, um, you know, for folks, you know, spoiler alert, there are no Muppet watches additionally that I saw. I suppose it's probably safe we can say that. But there's some extremely cool stuff. I'm not sure if there's anything you can share that you're particularly excited about this year that you can't, you don't necessarily have to name drop it like specifically, yeah. but mean, if there's I, some vagueness that we can allude to that's coming, I know. I mean, there's some very cool stuff in there. I know. Yeah, uh, I think and and some... and conservations and and missions yeah. that align really closely with right. values that people kind of come to. There's expect a really to see from, interesting conservation-related piece coming, which we're really excited about as well. Which I think will continue to tell the story that we've been telling and very much on brand for what we've been doing. And so, I have to say, it photographs beautifully, <laughs> really beautifully. So. Um, we're excited about that one. Okay. There's another basically social story that needs to be told, I think, that'll come out and be told. So we're excited about that one, too. That's another sort of American-based project that we've worked on. So they're happy about it, apparently. They are. So, yeah. They have uh, no reason not so to be. They're yeah, clapping absolutely. for it. So I'm sure it'll be great. Um, it is going to be great. It is going to be great. Yeah. There's a ton of really cool stuff. But at the show, Kermit, we also have the ProPilot Altimeter. 
which yep. is a very cool kind of update. We have some uh, lab-grown diamond aquas that just is mind-blowing yeah. The altimeter is a really cool piece if you haven't seen it. it. I mean, that's really, um, you know, we had we had made an altimeter some years back. It came out. Um, they, altimeter. Guys, another love the really altimeter. Like. That's right. right. So the live studio audience is all about the altimeter. <laughs> we so. need to time the applause a little bit. I can do that on the pad here. We'll, we'll add that in post. Um, Scoot it around. So with the altimeter, it's it's um, made of 3D printed carbon fiber. So similar to the Colson, if you remember, continuing that technology. But it really makes it, a, it's a watch that's very functional, obviously. The the power reserve, the maximum altitude is, has increased. Powers over the watches increased, but it's super light because of the yeah. technology. So yeah, it's a really the, nice. The steel one was quite a unit. I remember, yeah. you know, on wrist, but it kind of disappears yeah. in carbon fiber. It's a larger so. watch, but it's it's really light and super wearable. So we're excited about that. Again, kind of unsung heroes of interesting tech and material stories, and and there's there's an awful lot to love here. Vijay, it's been an absolute delight having you. I'm not sure if you boys have had lunch yet. I feel like great. maybe the taco truck might be mm-hmm. beckoning at this point. Rob, any uh, parting words for our friend Vijay? We talked a lot about how certain brands used watches and wonders really to showcase an emotion or very little for the year's offering and how the industry has changed to a gradual rollout of newness. And I think that you did a really good job of creating that feeling and pop and sort of using the new way that watches of wonders can be used. And I think people should look forward to exciting horses like every month for the rest of the year, right? Yes, yes. And I think, you know, it, it, it's interesting in the in, how the industry has changed in that sense. And and we talk about how these watch launches come and, you know, and even before COVID, right, because COVID was really the defining factor of a lot of this stuff for a lot of brands. We started to do a drop here or there. We did a couple there. If you remember, like when we did the Carbashir, the first one, it was actually done about six weeks before and we dropped it then. So it was really like we've been we've been working with that. So it was really successful. So, yeah, it's exciting to see. But we're excited that the way that it rolls out now, everybody gets a chance to see something new and it continues that. So very exciting. No, I love that. And it keeps it keeps the momentum going throughout the year. I have one kind of parting question for you. So again, kind of I alluded to this early on about how, you know, Oris has been in the context of Watches and Wonders, Rob, to your point about you know it being a great show for the brand. Oris has been kind of mentioned alongside the Rolexes and the Tudors and the IWCs, I mean, all of whom had great, buzzy shows, but suddenly Oris was a watch that was being talked about. It was in the mix. And to be fair, if you've been following Oris for a long time, since the Brashear days or, or earlier, there's always been amazing stuff coming from the brand, buzzworthy stuff. But I feel like the conversation around Kermit has kind of shifted the brand's perception sort of in the main, in the, in the mass, kind of in the spectrum of the masses. How does it feel to have like a watch that's part of the conversation with like these major, major players? Yeah, I think it, it feels it feels great, right? It feels like a long time coming, obviously, feel like, because to your point, like I feel like our product has always been really strong. Our product has always been, I think if you really take a look at what we've always been about and what we stand for and what we do. And you look at the the value in the product that Oris has always represented and, and such, I, I think it really, it warrants, it warrants all those things. And obviously I believe that, and I've always believed that, but you know, now it's nice to see that people recognize that or, or seeing kind of what it's, what it's about. And, and if it's because like a Kermit has raised the awareness of the brand among people and all of a sudden now it's on people's radar, that's, 
good too, right? But still, it's 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 always been, and and especially people that know watches, it's nice to see that that people are continuing to to follow and love Oris. It's kind of like seeing your favorite band that you like. <laughs> you went to garage shows at, and yeah. you were in like a crappy church basement moshing. Like now they're selling out well, at Madison Square Gardens. I have one little disagreement with with this premise. There was one other time when Oris was right there in the last. 10 years. And that was 2015 when the Diver 65 first came out. I'd say in 2015, everyone was, what is that? And I think this is right there in terms of that probably the the second, I mean, I don't know which one's one and which one's two, but this is definitely this one. Those are to me are the two most talked about ones. No. And I I 100% agree with you because when people ask me, they ask me like, you know, over your time at Oris, what has been the you know, and I, I always point to the Diver 65 as sort of a turning point for us in the sense of putting us into a place of on a lot of radar, on the radar of a lot of people. And that's certainly and then that with sort of the combination of how the watch community has gotten a voice with social media and all that stuff at that very pinnacle moment really helped us, um, you know, and, and now we've just taken off kind of like the motorcycle in the background that you're um, here. That motorcycle is on its way to space. Uh, Oris <laughs> is on its way to space as well. Who well, needs mufflers? Um, we, we were really, I, I always love catching up with you. We were lucky to have you today. And, and, and all of this success with the brand is absolutely well-deserved. And we're, we're here for yeah. it. And I just and I just want to say, too, as as we've been doing business with Topper and with you guys for as long as, obviously, I've been with Oris. And you guys have always been very great partners to us. And I think... When I think about, and I was actually saying this to Rob earlier, I mean, I think if you think about, you know, kind of the retail space of watches and and people that do it correctly in terms of engagement with the watch community and sort of, I, I said, the poster child for that sort of uh, retail model. I mean, I think you guys are. And I think, you know, you've done a lot. You've done a lot for the watch community and a lot for watch collecting. And I, I think that should not go unnoticed either. And this Thank is you. why we don't need ad reads. I was just going to say kidding. that. I think we got our first ad read. BJ, it's very or kind. celebrity or celebrity <laughs> celebrity endorsements from BJ Geronimo. No, not not me. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Thank you, Vid. Listener, thank you so much for joining us on location here at Wind Up in the Soma District in San Francisco. Not at the Tessa Gallery. Not at the Tessa, the Terra mm-hmm. Gallery. Many thanks to our friends at Warren & Wound for putting on this amazing show. If the Wind Up show is not on your radar in the cities that it is coming to soon, Chicago, New York, uh, it absolutely should be. And VJ, always an absolute delight. We will, uh, we will see you down the road. All right. Sounds great. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you.